I, K-Rod here. I'm back with another good post-fight live recap for y'all today. This will also be uploaded on the podcast. For those of you that are watching on the podcasting link, please go check that out. But yeah, um, let's get right to it, man. Um, Mark McSile versus Ray Vargas and the new Viva Mexico. <laughs> nah, nah, well, yeah, uh, shout out uh, shout out to Ray Vargas, man. That, uh, that was such a good fight. Um, I actually fell asleep when the fight was going on because you know like i was getting extremely tired but um uh, either way that was a very very good fight i enjoyed it uh very very good style matchup i think i think mark mcsile understands that he can't um he can't fight a pure boxer but even if like like uh, ray vargas like um had a lot of power in his punches i think i think like the biggest takeaway from it is that mark mcsile he cannot make quick and fast like adjustments and um he put himself in a really bad position where he basically you know just uh, folded because he didn't have any plan b c or basically whatever backup to help him win the fight um i think what the biggest problem you know with this fight was just that a lot of people really thought mark mcsile was going to be like this next great manny pacquiao type of uh, fighter and um i never saw it you know i'm like, you know, I'm not only saying that because, you know, I'm just being biased out of, like, my own belief. It's just that we all know, like, how Manny Pacquiao fights. And Mark McSyle, he's nowhere near that level. Uh, but for him to, like, lose to a guy like Ray Vargas, in which, I mean, Ray Vargas, he's been out of the ring since, like, what? Well, I mean, he's been active, but still. Uh, that was, like, back in 2021, predating to November 6th on the Canelo plant undercard so 
I mean, honestly, man, uh, salute to Ray Vargas. Uh, that was a very, very difficult fight. Oh, and if anybody wants to hop in on here, you know, feel free. I got the link pinned in the description for you guys or the comment section. So, yeah, if you guys want to get up on this uh, chat session, um, I'm more than welcome to have people on. Um, but, yeah, let's uh, talk about, you know, this fight card, man. And then we're going to probably swing over to Pro Box, and then that's probably it. I'm not going to talk about the Chisora Pulev card because, oh, my God, that card was so boring. Just a lot of low-level fights. And, I mean, I heard Chisora won, but but I wasn't really too um, – I wasn't too satisfied. You know, Ch like uh, uh, Derek Chisora, he needs to retire, and I think it's only, you know, like a matter of time before he actually gets hurt by somebody that's willing to – take his life away and i don't like to see him in there with um any high level dangerous you know competition so but yeah let's talk about uh the card for mark mcsile and ray vargas um let's start with uh my uh brother here mr um rashidi speedy ellis he got a great first round ko victory over jose marufo um this was pretty much a last-minute um, replacement opponent. Uh, this opponent was not supposed to be his opponent. We already knew that um, Alberto uh, Palmetto was supposed to be his opponent. So I think what the problem was is that um, Rashidi, he was kind of like switched over to a plan B of just having, you know, like a quick and easy, you know, low-level opponent for him to just knock out and beat up. But, I mean, he did his thing. He got that guy out of there like he's supposed to. Um, uh, Jose Marufo, for those of you that don't know, he's been stopped and beat by other, you know, notable names at 140. Um, this was like like uh, this was obviously fought at 147, if I'm not mistaken. But but he lost to Gary Antoine Russell. He lost to Maxim Dadashev, the Russian dude that got killed unfortunately by Subriel Matias, and um, he's got stopped by other people. So. He's pretty much like a journeyman at this point. I don't, I don't really see him really making that many um, changes in his game to like help his career. You know, um, how should I say, elevate faster? Um, I think, I think like the biggest problem with a with a guy like this that just took a quick and easy payday just to get knocked out. I, like I just don't like that. But Either way, Rashidi Ellis, he came out blazing hot. He he just dominated this dude. He just beat the living crap out of him. And um, yeah, I like I don't I don't know what will be the next step for him, but I think he's gonna get a lot more smoke for the PBC because we have like um we obviously know that he called out Jerron Boots Ennis. So I think I think him and Jerron Ennis is a great style matchup for the fans. And I think uh Jerron Ennis he can he could bring a he can bring a very difficult test to um, Rashidi Ellis, but I would I would probably favor it to Jaron Ennis to either stop him late or just uh, probably decision him. I don't um, I don't want to see that fight happen next. I think I think it's best to see Rashidi Ellis in there with some top level welterweights. Um, there's obviously plenty of plenty of great fighters in the welterweight division that that um, we could obviously seek out of um, Rashidi Ellis. Um, I think uh, the biggest thing with um, Rashidi Ellis is just that um, he has speed, he has great, you know, ring IQ, and he just knows where to be at all times. But I think it's just time to see him in there with anybody that's that's credible to give him a tough fight. 
I honestly wouldn't mind to see a fight between him and Abel Ramos or maybe put him in there with um, your Dennis Ugas. I think I think him and Ugas would be a very, very tough fight. Uh, Butaev, that's a good fight as well. I think I think him and Butaev, that, uh, that'll be a barn burner. Um, maybe David Avenesian, but I don't think Avenesian wants any parts of Jerron Ennis or or um, Rashidi Ellis, I think I think Avenesian he would get stopped pretty like like uh, pretty easily by any top ten welterweight. Um, I wouldn't mind Cody Crowley. I think I think Rashidi can easily beat him. I think I think Rashidi he's like a very very dangerous like you know level fighter. Um, some people want to say Cesar Francis, in which I think I think Francis knowing that he beat you know Miguel Be- like um of like uh, Miguel uh, Beltran right. Uh, that was a good fight, you know, as it lasted. And um, I think Francis, he got a 10-round unanimous decision. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Um, his name is um, Raimundo Beltran. But, um, uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, wherever, you know, the cards may lie, I don't, like, I don't know. I think, I think honestly, I think, I think it's best to see where um, Rashidi Ellis goes from here. But um, if we could see any guys you know in the top 25 on box rec i wouldn't mind that um honestly i think i think a good fight would be him and thomas uh, delorme a salute to you bruce uh bruce gas uh thank you uh, thank you for coming by i appreciate it um but yeah honestly man um i don't know man i think i think uh rashidi he could beat a lot of these guys i think his his biggest test will be up against um Amanta Stanionis, which I think that's a very difficult fight. Uh Ratsab Butev, that's a very difficult fight. Connor Ben, I think I think it will be difficult, but but um Rashidi, he'll outbox him and he'll stop him. And then I probably say Keith Thurman. And obviously Boots and then maybe Virgil Ortiz, which I think he'll beat v- Virgil Ortiz, but but definitely we definitely with Spencer Crawford, uh th- like uh, those are two names that that are probably on the unbeatable list. I don't. I don't think Rashidi's there yet, but I think. I think let him get 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 used to the welterweight division, and then we'll see where he goes from there. And then we'll see if he's ready for, like you know, for all the top killers at 147, because 147 is a very deep division, and there's just so much names out there that need to be. How should I say? Uh, there's like plenty of names out there that 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 need to be linked up with each other to see where they are with their skill level, and I think eventually we're gonna see that very soon, but we just need to see what happens with like, the top ten welterweights, and I think um, Rashidi he's there he just needs to be in there with all the top names, and I think honestly, uh, you know, shame on Golden Boy for holding back his career, but we probably would have seen Rashidi Ellis fight for a world title already. But now it's like he has to play so much catch up, which I don't think it's that much. I think, I think PBC they're gonna give him like a good gauntlet, you know, fight schedule of opponents, and then if he's ready and he's able to take on all the biggest names in boxing, I think, I think we'll see Rashidi Ellis, you know, become a champion, or he'll be close to a world title, but. He might have to win some and lose some. I don't. I don't know. But I think. But I think Rashidi Ellis. Um, he's there. He's ready. Um, I don't. I don't think um, he's really. You know, avoiding any top level competition. And I think. Um, 
his best bet is to go after, you know, anybody in the top 25 in the welterweight division. I think, I think he's there. I think he, I think he is ready and I don't see him really fading, but yeah, let's talk about, uh, yeah, let's talk about the other fight with, uh, my Mexican brother over here, Mr. You know, Ramon Cardenas, he got a great unanimous decision victory over Michelle Banquez. Uh, this fight, I was actually expecting Cardenas to either stop this guy or this will probably just be like a good cruise decision. And I think Cardenas, you know, credit to him because he's a good ass fighter. Um, he's like the same age as me, and I think he'll be 27 uh, this upcoming um, November. So credit to him. He's been on, uh, or he's been inactive for quite a long time. I don't know why. I think is I think it was probably due to maybe manager like like you know manager issues, and he wasn't able to like get you know get the proper you know fights in because you know he wasn't really known like you know to the boxing world. But now for him to get a good win over a very tough opponent, um, I think I think that pretty much explains that. He's ready for a lot of top level opposition. Um, he's only lost one time. That was that was to to a guy named Danny Flores. That was back at 122. But ever since then, uh, he's just been blazing hot. You know, he's been literally on a one, two, three, four, five, six, a seven, eight, nine. Yeah, he's been on a nine fight win streak, and um, I like that. You know, he's like you know he's just trying to keep himself active as much as possible. And and I just don't understand why some of these fighters get frozen out, you know, where they're not active and like you see them come back within, you know, like a year. And I don't like that, you know, like I like to see fighters consistently fight, you know, on a regular basis. And I think, um, you know, uh, that should be like a thing for all, like, you know, for every fighter. So that way they can get paid and, you know, they don't have to be, you know, screwed over in the business just to wait for like a fight just to get their opportunity. But um yeah, let's talk about the possible opponents for for um Ramon Cardenas cuz he's a very very good fighter. Um he's out of San Antonio, Texas. He obviously fought in Texas at the Alamo Dome. Very very good boxer puncher. Uh wouldn't really say he's much of a puncher. He's more of like a volume puncher. He's only had 10 knockouts out of his at like um out of his uh, 21 victories. Uh, he's 21 and one and no draws. Um, he's only lost once to some, you know, unknown Mexican dude. But ever since then, uh, he's been on a nine fight winning streak. Uh, he's been doing everything really good. He's been, you know, succeeding at, at every given opportunity. And I think that, like, I think, I think he's ready for all the top, you know, fighters at bantamweight because he's a bantamweight uh, fighter. For those of you that don't know, um. He's uh, ranked number 19, uh, I believe, in the world on BoxRec, in which uh, that doesn't really mean anything. That's just pretty much just there just to put people there. But as far as what we can say is a good possible, you know, step in the right direction, I think um, him and Alexandro Santiago would be a very, very good fight to have next. But if we want to say he's ready for all the top levels, top level world, like in you know, a world competition, um, I say um, I say give him give him like a Raymar Gabayo fight. I think I think he could easily defeat him. 
I don't I don't see Ray Marcabio being that good of a fighter to begin with. So if he can knock his ass out and get him get him out the way, then I think that's a good fight because that puts you in line to be closer through either of the sanctioned bodies, and that's a good credible name that's in the top fifteen or top ten at least. Um, I would not want to say Guillermo Rigondeaux. I think Rigondeaux, he's way too old. He's 41 years old. He hasn't really had too much of a good outing in his last fight. He got down in the eighth round against some dude named Vincent Astrolabio, some Filipino dude. But, I mean, as far as, like, what he could do is just, like, I don't know, man. I think, I think honestly, like, you know, old guys like, like you know, Rigondeaux, he needs to get out of boxing, man. You know, the dude looks like he's 50-something years old, and I don't want to see him get hurt, you know. I Like, I think I think he, he just needs to hang it up, you know. People like that need to, like, honestly, I don't I don't know if it's, like, a possible thing in boxing, but there needs to be, like, an age limit gap of how long you can box. And you can't box over, like, a certain age, but if you still want to fight, you could fight in exhibitions, but... But 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 in the professional rankings, I just I just don't like to see that because young guys will have that incentive to try to knock out old dudes and then old dudes will end up getting hurt very bad. So, yeah, pretty much um, that's very much how I see it with uh, Mr. Uh, Cardenas. I think he's very, very close to getting a world title. The question is, who should he be put up against? Um, obviously, you know, maybe a guy like Gary Antonio Russell could be a fight down the line. I think, I think Gary Antonio would beat him, but I mean, if he wants to get closer to a title, I think just face anybody that's in the top three or top five and he could very well win. Uh, I don't, I don't see any, you know, I don't see any, you know, disregard to not, uh, to not support him. Um, I think, I think his biggest his biggest fights that he'll end up having a lot of trouble with will be a Victor Santien fight. That was a Dominican dude that just beat, um, he just beat uh, Carlos Caraballo. And he's a good, like, he's a very, very good fighter. But I think, but I think um, a fight with him would be very difficult. Only reason why that I say that is because he's a very long, lanky, you know, southpaw, you know, pure boxer. He doesn't, he doesn't have, really any power um he can he can he can tag you to to hit you and he can have good you know punch placement to keep you off of him but he doesn't have power to really stop anybody um but 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 he's a very very difficult style matchup for anybody that's like you know that's in the bantamweight division um maybe a fight with uh i don't know i would say carlos gar like carlos car uh Caraballo, but that's a like you know that's a toss up fight. I don't I don't see that fight really presenting as much issues for Cardenas, but anybody in the top fifteen, you know, I don't I don't think will you know definitely go down easily. I think him and Emmanuel Rodriguez. That's a fight that people would probably like to see somewhere down the line. You know, Mexico versus Puerto Rico, a uh, very very tough ass you know rivalry. But I think him and Manny that that'll that'll definitely sell um but i don't know i think i think honestly where he needs to be he needs to fight all the household names and i think eventually you know we could possibly see cardenas you know win a world title um i like him i i personally met him 
you know, over at the Evolution Boxing Gym down in, down in Orlando, Florida. And he's a very cool person. You know, me and him had a very good debate on David Haney being, being champion. And then, you know, fast forward leading into now, it's like, you know, I got to, you know, I got to talk with him about that David Haney talk. And uh, I'm pretty sure if um, Ramona is um, watching and uh, probably anybody that's uh, connected to him, i.e. people that know me from that stable, uh, guess what? Devin Haney is undisputed. There's no, no, there's no more dispute. He is the Demon King at 135, baby. <laughs> but yeah, shout out, shout out to Cardenas. Great victory. Uh, like to see him back as soon as possible. Um, obviously, he went through a ten round war with a very tough opponent, but I think he's uh, very, very well ready for the top, top level opposition. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Now let's talk about Frank Martin versus Jackson Marinas. This is a very difficult fight. Um, I'm I, I'm not gonna sit here and say that this was a very easy fight. Obviously, Frank Martin he got a ninth round or tenth round uh, stoppage. Um, it was uh, um, it was a good fight. I mean, am I like sold on Frank Martin? Yeah, sort of, but I'm not I'm not supremely I'm not supremely um, how should I say? I'm not. I'm not supremely confident to think that Frank Martin is ready for the top level opposition. Uh, not only to say that he can't bang with them, it's just that I really thought that he would have stopped. Um, he would have. Uh, he would have styled on Marinas a lot more decisively. And the biggest problem with this fight was just that Marinas, he wasn't really doing much, but just using a jab, and then Frank. He got caught with like, you know, almost at the same shot here and there, but he was trying so hard to go in and Marinius, he was controlling him through the pace to the point where he was basically, um, how should I say, like he was basically almost getting outboxed in the event. Granted on the scorecards, it, it showed that he was winning on all three of them, but it was a very nip and tuck fight. The very first judge had an 88-82 Second judge, same score, 88-82. And then the third judge, which uh, this was a very, very, like, uh, this was very weird. Um, that guy had an 87-83. So I just found it so weird, man. I don't I don't understand why, you know, this fight wasn't a lot closer than expected. But I just think, like, honestly, man, like, there was just something that just gave me a weird feeling that Frank was going to deal with a very tough opponent. And he did because Marinius, he's not, he's not your typical, like, you know, I'm going to walk you down type of fighter. He's a pure boxer. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't really have too much of a good punching power display to really hurt somebody. Uh, he's only stopped two opponents prior to 2019. So he hasn't got a, how should I say, he hasn't gotten a knockout ever since then. He's had three straight losses leading up to this point. And, um, you know, out of his actual real two losses, they were two credible names in the lightweight division. I mean, Frank Martin, he's starting to become a, like, you know, he's starting to become a credible name at lightweight. And then obviously former world champion Richard Comey, he knocked him out. So <coughs> I think um, Jackson Marinian is, um, He's a good fighter, but I but but I don't think he goes as far as he should be to beat the high level. 
because um, I think it just shows the late game when he gets hit with a very, very, you know, uh, like a very, very big shot and he doesn't um, um, recover. He ends up fading and then he ends up getting beat up, you know, pretty bad. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I like to see him wrong or I like to see him prove me wrong. I think I think he could beat some decent names, but I think like his only his only um, end like like his only last stop or his last stop for him to like go far. He'll lose to like any guys that are in like the top, you know, 40 or 45. Anybody in the top 50 could, could very well beat him. But out of, like, all the tough names, I would say, like, a guy like Ricardo Nunez, he would knock him out. Uh, Michelle Rivera would just box circles around him. He could he could possibly beat a guy like Miguel Burchell. But anybody with, like, he- like, like heavy, heavy-hitting power that could just walk him down late game, I think, I think he just folds. I don't, I don't see him going that far in a fight where he's able to hold up on his own. But then again, if he's able to do it, he's able to do it. So that's just all, you know, simulated between how they come into that fight, you know, displaying their boxing skills. But I think I think anybody with power like a Williams, like a, like a Williams Zapata that that knows how to box. But on top of that, he like, you know, he can walk you down if you don't have power to hurt him. Same thing with, you know, Ricardo Nunez. Same thing with, you know, Jermaine Ortiz, who's a very good bona fide pure boxer puncher. Um, maybe Ryan Garcia. I think I think Marinius can can very well defeat him. I like I think I think that's very questionable because if his chin gets clipped, you know, really good, then then I think Ryan might like I think Ryan might might have a shot to beat him. Nakathila would knock out Marinius and probably Gustavo Lemos, Isaac Cruz, Jojo would probably decision him, and everybody else would definitely fold him or just beat him. Um, I don't understand why a boxer still has Tiafima Lopez in the lightweight division. He's a 140 pounder, so they should very well get get his name out of that listing. But yeah, Tiafima Lopez would probably beat him too. But yeah, either way, um, it was a good fight. Frank Martin he said some good words after the fight. He said that he wants all the champions. He says he's ready, and, and I don't really think that's a really good look for him. I don't I don't think he should really push for those fights yet i think it's time for him to just give him like a top 10 and then if he's ready for like a world title then go for it because if you just feed him to like javante davis in his next fight i don't i don't think that's a good idea i think frank martin he should get the experience and then garner it and then when he's ready he's ready but if he's not ready he's not ready you know you just have to keep building him you know you have to like see where his development is before you know a, a guy like Derek james can can actually say yeah you're actually ready for a world title but either way that was a good fight um i didn't i didn't really think like you know marinia's was a, a easy outing for frank martin uh i think i think this fight was contracted at 140 so i'm not i'm not too sure what frank was doing i think i think maybe they just agreed to like a, to it to a catch weight so maybe maybe that's what they like maybe that's what they were doing but um like I'm pretty sure Frankie's still gonna campaign at 135. So, so yeah. Um, like um, uh, like um, uh, uh, um, we'll find out leading uh, leading uh, leading into the future. Um, now let's talk about the co-main event: uh, Brandon Figueroa versus Carlos Castro. Uh, this is a good fight, but I 
definitely did not agree with the TKO stoppage. Um, Carlos Castro, he did a very good job. I thought he was um, outboxing Figueroa. Figueroa, he just ran into the same problems that he had dealt with in his uh, last fight with uh, Cool Boy Steph. And um, I, um, I actually thought Castro, he did a very good job. He was outboxing him. He gave him a lot of problems, and Brandon Figueroa wasn't able to keep up. Um, I think I think the biggest takeaway from it was just that Figueroa, he wasn't really doing anything special. He was just trying to use the same style like he did back at 122. And I don't I don't think Figueroa has has all that power that everyone says that he does. Um, I think I think the biggest thing about it is that most of his power quote-unquote power that that all kicks in when he starts accumulating all the shots where he has volume punching power um i don't i don't think he hits hard i think most of his shots are just cumulative if like you know if his opponents just sit in front of him so that's what makes it very hard to to uh to uh determine if uh figura is actually like a power puncher or he's just like a brawler volume puncher and i think you know the thing is is that he doesn't really have any power it's just like his power only you know like his power is only there when someone stands in front of him and he's able to get his shots off but in this fight it it, it clearly showed that that his power really like um really didn't make too much of a change uh from 120 from um 122 um he did drop drop Carlos Castro down in the third round, but then after that, Castro he did a very good job keeping keeping his jab active and and making Brandon Figueroa reset all the time. And I think uh, Castro did a very very good job. Um, he actually uh, you know just just ran into the mistake of trying trying to trade with Figueroa, and then that's what happened where he got dropped. And then leading into the sixth round. Uh, uh, that's where I disagreed with the stoppage because it was very stupid to have like Figueroa like pummel on Castro, and Castro he was doing a good job blocking most of the shots, but but you know that the referee was just being dumb to just say oh well you know we're just gonna have to you know stop the uh, fight because it's like oh well knowing that this is a title eliminator of some sort or like a world championship level contention belt, it's like still like you're not going to give the benefit of the doubt to like, like to give the guy time to like actually respond to all those shots. Cause I don't think like, I don't think Castro was really hurt. I thought Castro, he was put on a, a, a good effort to, to block most of those shots and try to battle through it. But, I, like I really, I really didn't see Castro get hurt. I, I like I think I think this is where Brandon Figueroa's power isn't really there. It's just it's just only there when guys stand in like like yeah, um um when guys just stand right in front of them to take all that punishment and, and and they don't move their head. And I think that was a big problem with Carlos Castro. He was doing such a great job, just um, outboxing Figueroa. But the biggest takeaway from it was like he wasn't using his jab enough to to keep Figueroa off of him, in which I think he had the power to hurt Figueroa, but it wasn't to the to the 
to the active ability of Castro's effort to use it to a high level because he because he had the style to beat him, but Figueroa he was able to get on the inside and, and have his way, but it wasn't like dealing that much damage to Carlos. Carlos was doing his thing, but I think I think that was a very weak stoppage, and I didn't I didn't like how the referees stopped that stopped that exchange very early to to just wave it off, uh, like because it made no sense. It like like this is boxing, but uh, but still, you cannot justify to me as a referee to say, oh well, if the fighter is still blocking punches, but he's not responding within you know at least like a minute or two with those punches, then that automatically means that I need to stop the fight. No, you don't need to stop the fight. You only stop the fight if the fighter, if he has no defense or he or she don't don't have any defense, but but they have their hands up, but they keep getting hit, you know, with like the same punch over and over. So therefore, that gives you a, a good reason to stop it. Then yeah, then you go in and, and, and then you stop the fight. But you don't stop a fight. If a fighter, if he's keeping his hands up and he's doing a good job blocking most of those shots, then let the fight continue. That's how, like, that's how traditional boxing fights should be. Let the Warriors go at it, and then if one guy is dominating the other guy, where he's like landing a good six, seven, eight punch combination, you know, before the round's over, and the other guy or the other lady, she's tired to the point where they're definitely not going to come back um in the next round then i would say okay fight's over because that clearly shows that you're not ready to go back like you know like you know come back to come back come back for the next round or um you can no longer continue so i just i just find it weird man i don't i don't understand how these boxing referees get get uh like you know get jobs like that because you know some of these referees are very crap in boxing but other ones are very good but it just really depends on like how the fight goes, and I think honestly there there uh, there needs to be a set standard protocol of like when to go in to stop a fight when a fighter is extremely hurt versus like you know you know like a guy like Carlos Castro if he's keeping his hands up and he's blocking most of the shots but he only gets tagged like two three times like like that's not like like uh like uh that's not a justified stoppage and I find that to be really, you know, ass backwards, but uh, that's pretty much how I just see it. I just don't, I just don't see it to be that good of a stoppage when, you know, both guys are giving it their all to try to do the best that they can do to try to make the fight competitive. But either way, I don't, I don't know where Carlos goes from here. He had two uh, very, very tough back-to-back fights with Luis Neri and Brandon Figueroa. Um, I think I think Neri's career is actually getting really really good. Um, he's definitely on the high end. Uh, I don't know what what he's planning on doing. I think I think um, he's planning on staying at 122, and I think maybe that's where Casho should focus his career on. Go back to 122 and try to get belts there because I think I think Casho he's a good fighter. It's just that he just needs to you know fight at his natural weight if he can't handle the pressure of 126 pounders but i think figueroa i don't think he's that good i think i think figueroa um he could very well get get himself beat up like you know pretty bad i think ray vargas would outbox him pretty like you know pretty bad i think gary russell would would absolutely whip him 
Uh, Mauricio Lara, he would knock him out pretty, like, you know, pretty bad. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz, um, I don't know. I think I think this fight would be a very interesting fight. I think um, everything that 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 we needed to see out of Leo, Leo Santa Cruz in his last fight with Keenan Carabajal, um, I think I think Leo's a good ass fighter, and I think he can he can put himself in a good position to to uh, fight you know any of the top names at featherweight but i think but i think leo he can he can make some noise uh you know once again i'm not too sure if he's still a champion at 126 because lee wood is considered to be the wba you know featherweight champion but he has the regular title so i'm pretty sure leo he's probably still the wba super champion so uh i'm not i'm not too sure otherwise there wouldn't be a point for him to be the super champion because he shouldn't be the super champion if he didn't unify the belt. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. I think, I think what's going to happen is just that uh, probably Leo Santa Cruz, you know, he's going to probably just focus on trying to get, you know, more belts or, or more title fights. And then, you know, we'll see what happens, but, uh, I think I think as far as like the state of 126, um, it's really nothing that that um, we really need to you know talk about uh, because it's like there's really no big fights that that can really be like a thing. But um, yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not too sure. And actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I don't think Louis. Uh, I don't think Leo Santa Cruz is. You know the champion at, at, at uh, featherweight because it shows that um, he um, he actually never won a title at featherweight before. He only had a title at super featherweight. So I think I think the the problem is is that Leo Santa Cruz um, he's never been a champion at featherweight before. So what's probably going to happen is that um, I don't know. Because, you know, like it shows that he's not champion on box rec. But I'll go to the WBA website and, you know, we'll find out if he is champion. Because I'm pretty sure he's not the champion. I think Lee Wood is, you know, um, um, is the champion for, for, the, for the WBA. But, um, yeah, we'll uh, find out because uh, I was thinking he was, you know, the champion. Yeah, so see now this is weird. So they say Leo Santa Cruz, he is the WBA super champion. And this is as of well, yeah, uh like basically on the WBA website, like I'll just put it, you know, in the you know link, you know, below. Basically, according to the rankings, Leo Santa Cruz is is listed as the WBA featherweight or featherweight champion, which I have no clue how he won his fight, but basically, he uh, he's never won a uh, he's like he really never won the featherweight championship. Oh well, actually no, they said that yeah yeah like it says right here against Rafael, yeah against Rafael um against Rafael Rivera, he beat him at at like like uh this said super featherweight but but 
but for the WBA, they they listed that as like you know as a featherweight, you know, title, like you know, um, um, win for for um, Leo Santa Cruz. So I don't I don't know why they would list it as super featherweight because that made like no sense. But after that, that's when he, you know, I guess quote unquote won the super featherweight title against um, Miguel Flores. That was for super featherweight. So yeah, I don't I don't understand why Boxrec didn't like a like a like um didn't fix this. So yeah, um I guess uh um I guess um um Leo Santa Cruz, he is the super featherweight or he's at the WBA super like you know featherweight champion. So I'm not too sure, man, but if you guys want to take a look at it, uh there's the link in the comment section if you guys want to take a look at it. But basically Leo Santa Cruz, to to my understanding, he really doesn't have, how should I say it, like, he doesn't have any belt that's listed on his box rec to say he is the WBA feather, like, you know, the super champion for the featherweight title. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think, I think Leo Santa Cruz, if he's going to unify that belt to become unified, I think his next step is to fight a guy like um, Ray Vargas because I think Ray Vargas said he wants to fight, you know, um, he wants to fight Leo Santa Cruz, you know, if he has that title. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for the co-main. Uh, I don't think Figgy does well against any of the, the top 25 featherweights, but that's all subject to change. Uh, but I like to see Figgy in there. I think I think Figueroa, he could do well, but... I think I think his I think his um end like I think his his uh his um um I think his dead end lies where he faces a guy that knows how to box and, and knows how to give him plenty of problems to the point where he's able to or like basically he's not able to use his style as he wants to to, to be successful. Um but yeah, let's talk about the main event and then we're gonna cover the Pro box card a little bit because I wanted to give some credibility to some fighters that fought on the card, and then also um, I wanted to give a quick little shout out to uh, Zarina McCoy. She she won last night. Uh, she had a good ten round unanimous decision against uh, some Venezuelan black lady. I like I forgot her name, but she beat her. Uh, that was a good fight, and um, definitely definitely like to see her. You know, um, like see her go up go up against you know all the credible names uh supposedly she fights at featherweight now i'm not not too sure if she's gonna move back down to weight but um i'll be talking i'll be talking with her soon to to uh, uh to see what's gonna uh be the plan um like you know next for her but either way let's talk about you know the main event uh mark mcsile versus ray vargas uh this is a all-out battle uh, Ray Vargas surprisingly got dropped in that fight. Um, it was a good fight. Uh, I think I think Ray Vargas, his biggest problem is that uh, he needs to stop leaving his chin wide open when he gets caught with a big shot. I think the problem with Ray Vargas is just that that he is a great pure boxer, and the problem with Ray Vargas is that. He's not this type of fighter where he's able to hit you with big shots. Um, he's only he's only 
he's only there to to be a pure boxer and i think that's like you know, that's his biggest strength he he knows how to box he knows how to move he, he's very very talented and very very gifted but the biggest problem is just that he needs to stop leaving himself wide open to get clipped and i mean he's only been down a couple times in his career like there are those shots out there that that do hit him where he does get down but it's like those are like the shots where he gets hit you know with like a big flash knockdown so i mean i think i think it's just food for thought for ray vargas to go back go back and watch you know about the film so therefore he doesn't get hit with these big shots as he shouldn't be because he's a great great pure boxer he he knows what he's doing he knows how to put himself in proper like in proper position to win but 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 for him to get hit hit the way he did with Mark McSyle, I think I think that's a really really big no no. He shouldn't be doing that. Um, he needs to be defensively responsible at all times because world championship fights are determined by your boxing ring IQ and your defensive, you know, counteractive you know abilities. So um, I'm not I'm not too sure where Ray Vargas is going to go, but he won a good split decision victory over Mark McSyle. He was undefeated. Ray Vargas was undefeated, and he dethroned Mark McSyle, rightfully so, because I never thought of Mark McSyle to be this really, really good fighter. Uh, people really try to hype him up to act like he's like you know he's this ultimate badass, in which he should have arguably lost against uh, Gary Russell. And um, yeah, I think I think honestly the biggest problem was just that that fight between him and Gary Russell. Gary Russell should have won that fight, or that should have been a draw. I mean, honestly, I didn't. I didn't really see Mark McSyle really win against Gary Russell, and I just knew, you know, from the you know from the beginning that that Gary Russell, you know, he you know he was like the more superior fighter, and I don't I don't understand you know why you know he had to get robbed that night against um, Mark. But as far as Mark's career goes, I don't know where he goes. I think I think he needs to. You know, get out of one twenty six, maybe move up to one thirty. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't, I don't really look at him to be that good of a fighter. He he was always suspect to me, and I like I've never, I never really liked his fighting style. I don't, I don't see him beating any other top level names. I think Mauricio Lara would sleep him. Um, he could beat a Josh Warrington. He could beat a Lee Wood. Um, he could definitely beat a Kiko Martinez. Uh, but I think anybody with power that knows how to box, like Luis Alberto Lopez, um, I don't. I don't even think Alberto really has that many knockouts. But he can hit. He could. He could still sting to give you a very difficult fight. But I just don't see him doing much in his career, where, like, you know, Mark's gonna be able to just you know blow through all these dudes. I think. I think Christopher Pitufo Diaz would sleep him. Um, I think Michael Conlon could very well beat him. I'm not too sure what he's going to be doing. Um, oh, surprisingly, uh-oh, uh-oh, breaking news, guys. This is this is just a rumor, but I heard that Michael Mike, Michael Conlon is set to face against Miguel Mariaga in his next fight. That's at the um, SSE, the uh, Odyssey O2 Arena. Or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, over at the SSE Arena, uh, um, the Odyssey. That's over in, I guess, Northern Ireland, over in Belfast. So, 
yeah, that's a good fight. Um, I think I think that's a very very good comeback fight for Michael Conlon because even though Miguel Mariaga, he had a very very tough ten round war with um, Eduardo Zerto Ramirez. Um, yeah, that's a very very good difficult style matchup for uh, Michael Conlon. I'm not I'm not too sure where Mariaga like where Mariaga's career stock will go if he loses. But I mean, I think, I think Michael Conlon, um, you know, him facing a guy like Mariaga, uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like this is more of like a tune-up fight just for him to just get back into the swing. And then we'll probably see him in there with all the top level names. But I think he already knows what, what he needs to do in, in order to put himself in, in proper, you know, position to win. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like I'm not really you know against that fight. It's just that Michael Conlon against Mariaga, that makes me feel like that top rank is trying to just give him like a good little comeback, easy like you know easy going fight. And then if he's successful against Mariaga, then they're gonna put him back in there with some top level names because there's obviously plenty of names not only on top rank, but just in the top 10, he could, he could very well face him. You know, he, he could very well face a Isaac dog Bay in which I think him and Conlon. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure if him and yeah. If him and Conlon fought each other, I don't think so, but uh, dog Bay, he's actually scheduled to face up against Joette Gonzalez for the WBO international featherweight title. So yeah, that's going to be very interesting. I don't, I don't know what's going to be happening there, but uh, that's going to be a very difficult fight for for Joette Gonzalez, but that uh, that fight will uh, that fight will be very um, interesting to uh, to see when that fight comes to fruition. But yeah, that's a um, that's a very very good fight for for Michael Conlon and for Joette and Dogbed. But as far as Mark McSayo's career goes, I don't I don't see him really beating that many guys. The 126 division is definitely turning into a very deep division. And there's just so many names here that we don't know that could very well upset a lot of, you know, potential people. You know, I think, I think you know, that the next step will just have to be, honestly, just, just have these guys fight it out. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see where 126 will go because there's just so many, you know, dangerous, dangerous um, uh, level names. So... I don't know. I think I think it's going to be very interesting. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where 126 will go. But as far as Mark McSayo's career, I think I think he should really rethink his career, and he really needs to start understanding where his position is in boxing. But if he's able to, you know, come right back and actually beat some high quality opponents, um, I'm not against it. It's just that I don't I don't really see Mark McSayo's ceiling to be that big in, in uh, um in the boxing game. So I think I think Mark McSyle, he's probably gonna take a little bit of time off. I don't I don't really see you know McSyle really not coming back until maybe like four months from now, maybe six months. So uh yeah, you know we'll, um we're going to see you know what's gonna happen between him and Ray Vargas. I'm not I'm not too sure if there's like a rematch, but if there is a rematch, uh that's probably going to be like the same boring fight. I don't, I don't think Ray Vargas and Mark McSyle needs a rematch. I mean, if Ray Vargas 
did get a split decision victory over Mark, and he and he did his thing to to become the real WBC champion, in which you know he's never been a two division world champion leading up to now because he was never at featherweight before. He's always fought at super bantamweight. Then that's a really really good statement for Ray Vargas to go out there and and do what he did. So. I think Ray Vargas versus Leo Santa Cruz is the best next fight made versus seeing a rematch between Maxayo and Vargas. But yeah, let's talk about the Pro Box card, and then I'll get up out of here. Uh, this is a very, very good, decent little card. Uh, shout out to all the people that were on this card. But surprisingly, shout out to uh, Mr. Julio Almacho Solis. He got an eight-round uh, unanimous decision over some Argentinian dude named Emiliano Martin Garcia. Decent fighter. I mean, like honestly, pro like pro box promotions. I'm gonna just be honest. Like I'm not, I'm not really too sold on their fights. But for all these young guys facing against like washed-up fighters or just guys that we know that they're gonna win, I like. I just, I don't know. I, like I'm not, I'm not really too much of a fan for that. But I think, um, honestly, uh, you know, like sooner, sooner than later, we're going to have to see some of these, you know, young, you know, rookie level fighters be in there with some like top, top level opposition. Um, I'll start off with Julio. I think Julio's a very good fighter. Um, he's had some very, very good, um, you know, fights lately. Um, I think, I think what the biggest, takeaway for it is just that Julio he he know he knows where his position is at boxing right now but knowing that this is his very first fight well actually no uh uh um I want to say that he fought this opponent at 135 at lightweight so if he is fighting at lightweight I don't understand why box rep or or tapeology listed this to be a super featherweight bout but either way, um, I think Julio, he's a good fighter. He he know he knows what he needs to do to elevate his game. But I think with this performance against Emiliano, um, I felt like he could have done a bit more to uh, to stop this guy. Um, I think I think Emiliano, um, he was obviously just there just to get a check. He wasn't he wasn't there to win. But I think for for Julio's benefit, you know, it um, um, if the opponent's not supposed to be in the ring with you you know nine times out of ten you're supposed to stop your opponents but i'm not i'm not really going to blame anybody like that for not doing that you know you'll do anything that you need to do to you to to uh to um get the victory so i definitely um i definitely like his his drive in the sport of boxing but as far as the performance i would i would give it like a solid c plus b minus you know, tier level performance. He um he did what he had to do, but I don't know. He kind of looked a little bit shaky out there. He looked like he wasn't he wasn't like feeling it. Like I don't I don't know what's like you know what's going on. Maybe he could have you know overtrained. He could have done something that put himself in a very um, bad physical shape. But I think I think what the biggest takeaway from it is just that you know um, you have to be ready when you get up in there. But I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, salute to uh, Mr. Judah Ben Israel. Uh, thank you for coming by. I appreciate you. But yeah, um, I'm not like, like I'm not really against 
his uh, performance. He um, he did what he had to do. Um, he's a good fighter. I um, I want to see him rise quickly to, to to be up there, you know, to the world title stage. But I mean, for like opponents like this, I'm not like um, I'm not really too sold on seeing fights like this. Um, um, I like to see him fight any like top 100 or top 200 lightweight that uh, that can give Julio a, a very difficult test. But I think he's going to be up there. I think I think he's going to be fighting all the tough names that that um, we would want to see him fight. So I think I think eventually we're going to see that. But I say for now, Probox is probably just going to work with him by just giving him fights where he could just stay busy and just stay active. So, I mean, I'm not like, you know, I'm not a believer of this prospect, you know, like, you know, um, like, you know, prospect, you know, classification thing to say like, oh, well, you need to build up like a fighter. No, like you're a professional or you're a amateur. You can't have it both ways. But the thing is, is like in the professionals in boxing, you have to be ready for any opponent. And I think that, you know, at this point of Julio's career, yeah, you have a good record, but, but at the same time, what are these opponents? You know, I think, I think it's time to see him face some like high level names. Once we get up to like match number 13 or, or match number 14 or 15. So I don't, I don't want to say, you know, Julio is, is not going to digress. I think, I think he's, I think he's increasing in skill, but but to me personally, um, I would like I would like to see a good, valuable young, like like you know young gun test where he could be in there with like a very very tough opponent that could that could really put him to the next you know level. But I think eventually he's gonna be up there. You know, um, he just has to keep building and it, like you know um, he'll be up there. Uh, but I'm proud of him. You know, uh, credit to Julio and uh, great victory. But yeah, let's move on with the next, uh, like in our last few fights. Um, we're going to talk about Marcus Wall and Dominic Wall and then Brandon Glanton. Um, Marcus Wall, he did a very good job. He stopped his opponent in two rounds. Uh, this Jorge Rodrigo Sosa, uh, I think he was from Paraguay, but he was a decent opponent. I wasn't, I wasn't really too sold on his opponent. I think, I think like Marcus Wall, you know, he should be fighting some like high level names at this point i mean he's only like what like five and oh so i'm not like like i'm not gonna knock on him he, like you know he's just getting fights just to stay busy but you know um it, um if we want to be realistic on like who he should be fighting i think you should really start giving him guys that are like in the you know top 500 or top 400 i think i think marcus he has a good ceiling uh, same thing, same thing with his brother, uh, Dominic. But um, I think I, um, I think just fighting these like low-level opponents to, to like, to like get your career up there, I think I think that's only good for like a short amount of time. But then eventually the competition is going to be limited enough for you to be forced to face dangerous-level names. So I'm not I'm not too sure where he's gonna go. Um, as far as what I see here, he's managed by David 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 um, McWater and Brandon Sagalas. Um, I think David McWater, for, for those of you that probably know him, I think he works with uh, split uh, split team management, and uh, I think I think that's a big management company that gives fighters you know like a proper direction and where they where they where they need to go in boxing. But um, 
Yeah, I think I think Dominic and Marcus they're moving the right direction. Uh, obviously, you know, fights like these, you know, I'm not I'm not really like against low level fights, but either way, I, um, I would like to see Marcus and Dominic, uh, you know, fight some some decent level names. Um, it actually shows here that uh, that for Julio, he was supposed to fight Christian Otero. He was a four four and one guy that that um, he was supposed to fight, and I guess you know he pulled um, he pulled out of that fight. So maybe that like like maybe that um, Argentinian dude was just like a last minute um, um, replacement. But then same thing with Marcus. He was supposed to fight Sean West, in which Sean West um, he's that thirty two year old dude that that um, I'm not I'm not too sure like about who he's fought, but. He, um, he was supposed to fight like a decent fighter. Um, he was actually seven and two. Okay, yeah, got it. Because he was seven and two. He's only been stopped once um, in the pros, but um, that was actually up against Joey Spencer, you know, which was very, you know, surprising. But still, um, yeah. Either way, like I'm not really like against that. I think I think that like you know I think maybe that was like, the reason why Marcus fought him, like you know fought that guy, but. Either way, like I'm definitely proud of him. You know, like I'm proud of Marcus. I'm proud of his brother. His brother Dominic did a very good job. He stopped Manuel Guzman Moreno. Uh, this opponent wasn't really too much of a test. Uh, he was like more like a, a a opponent just to go in there and try to like give it his all. But then he just got clipped with something huge, and then he just ended up folding. So, I mean, Dominic he did a thing. Great fighter, great boxing. You know, ring IQ. I think out of both brothers, I think I think uh, I think Dominic is like the smarter fighter, but Marcus he's the more aggressive fighter. So I think I think stylistically, Dominic has a slight edge over his brother in skill set, but as far as dog and, and as far as persistence, Marcus has a very tough aggressive style, which is going to be very good heading heading into the upper echelon matchups at um, 147. So. I'm not too sure. I think I think both brothers they're going to be ending up like the Charlo brothers um, in a way. I'm not saying like as far as personality goes, but their their commitment to the sport is, is very similar to the Charlo brothers. Like they have a very strong ceiling, but but um, we just need to see them in there with all the top level names. So I think eventually we're probably going to see them in there like you know pretty soon. Um, like, you know, they have great genes, they have great athletic abilities out of both of them. And I think, uh, you know, their skill set is just like, you know, um, getting better. So shout out, shout out to both brothers, you know, hopefully, you know, I can, I can link up with them soon, but also let's talk about the big dog, Mr. Brandon Glanton. Uh, for those of you that don't know who Brandon Glanton is, he was that black guy that beat F.A. Um, um, Apoche. That was back in uh, 2021, as of June 27th, and he had a split decision win over FA um, Apoche. That was a good ass fight. Um, I suggest that you guys should go out there and definitely take a look at that fight. Um, that was a very good fight. But basically, Glanton he came back in the ring back in May 1st, where he got a fourth round KO victory over Mitch Williams. That was down in um, Atlanta. And uh, that was a very good fight down in Georgia. Um, but leading into now with his uh, with his recent fight with uh, Deshaun Webster, um, not really too much of a good fighter himself. But but Glanton, 
he um he did what he had to do. He stopped him. He did a very good job. He utilized his jab, used great um um aggression, and he just did what he had to do. You know, he's you know he's such a good fighter. I think I think Glanton, if anything, like he has a very very good career in boxing, but uh, but as far as what the world title level goes, I think I think his best opportunities is at heavyweight. Because Glanton, you know, he's a very, very big guy. You know, he 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 knows how to pack a punch very hard. But I think that the reason why he's fighting at cruiserweight is probably because he fights a lot better, moving faster on his feet. So I definitely give him his props. I think Glanton, he's there. I think he's ready to be facing some top-level names, especially that you see guys like Bado Jack. You see... Um, who Lawrence Lawrence Opoli, I think I think Glanton can can very well knock him out. Um, I think he could beat you know a lot of these guys. He could beat Macabuti. He could beat Marius Breedas, who just lost to Jai Opitia, which I don't think Opitia is that good anyway. I think he just managed to win his uh, win his twelve round unanimous decision against Breedas simply because Breedas he's just an old fart that needs to get out of boxing <laughs> but uh nah man i just like i don't i don't really see that many guys really giving mr glanton any problems i mean like i think i think richard reactory would probably give him a tough war but once he gets hit with something heavy i think i think reactory he'll get knocked out pretty easily um i think uh chris billum smith that'll be a fun fight to watch but glanton glanton will sleep him but other than that, that's pretty much it, man. I mean, there's really nobody else on here in the cruiserweight division. After that, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know if Glanton wants to go go after all the champions and and then unify. So therefore, he could have a say coming into the heavyweight division, which makes a lot of sense. But the problem is, is like, um, is that you know the cruiserweight division is not that interesting enough for anybody to care that if you're moving up from cruiserweight all the way up to heavyweight. You know, I understand that's a big jump because heavyweight is a very dangerous, you know, division, and you getting hit a lot harder in the heavyweight division can put a lot more stress on your body. So I think, I think, like, I wanna, I wanna say Brandon's just going after a world title at cruiserweight, and then maybe, maybe somewhere in the future we'll probably see him at heavyweight, but I don't think he survives that long at heavyweight. So I think, I think cruiserweight is probably his, you know, maximum weight limit. But I could be wrong. I don't. I don't know where he could actually like um, like a, where um, he could actually go from like you know go from there. But either way, uh, this is uh, this is a very good victory between him and uh, Deshaun Webster. Good fight. Um, I definitely had a fun time watching that fight. Now let's talk about the co-main event. Uh, this is a shocker, but I wasn't really shocked. I was actually very happy. But shout out to Mr. Curtis Harper. AKA the man that walked out of the ring fighting F.A. Ajagwa. For those of you that don't know, he did that because he didn't get paid. So therefore, he said, "You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna just just leave." And therefore, you know, I'll I'll get like my money, you know, somewhere somewhere down the line. But either way, um, Curtis Harper he had an amazing fight against Christian Christian Thune. Uh, this is a very very good fight. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, uh, Curtis Harper. Um, he was supposed to be a good up-and-coming heavyweight fighter, but I think the biggest takeaway from his career was just that he was being treated really bad in the boxing world, and 
for those of you that don't know how the business of boxing really works out, yeah, granted, boxers will always get their guarantee, but at the end of the day, you know, the expenses that boxing, you know, requires for you to get paid good money, it's like, like, you know, like, uh, um, uh, the ends don't justify the means. And uh, for Curtis Harper's career, I felt like his career got cut short because he got screwed over with that FA, um, um, a Jagba fight where he wasn't getting his proper just due in the sport for getting paid. And then on top of that, um, I'm not too sure about the Chris Ariola fight, but after this fight that, that he lost, um, surprisingly, he, he actually lost that fight. Um, I actually thought Chris, Chris Ariola did a thing, but, um, like, you know, he got frozen out. Hey, um, how's it going, Tim? Hey, pretty good. Good morning. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Just, uh, you know, recapping on, you know, last night's fights. Right. Oh, man, I'm just waking up, bro. Just give me one second. <laughs> nah, man, that's all good. Yeah, I'm waking up to everybody's shows, man. Um, OG and Knockouts on it. Oh, I always put in my, my two cents in their, in their chat, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just got done visiting them right now. Yeah, it was pretty good fights, bro. What do you think, man? Man, last night was amazing. It was good. You know what? A lot of people talking shit about about the heavyweight matchroom card, man. And, and I really enjoyed that fight, man. I like. I know that Chisora's old, bro. He needs to retire. That was a good redemption win for him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know he got redemption. You know, but I yeah, they're not they're not top of the top 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 tier heavyweights, but. I thought it was a lot better show than what I thought we were going to get. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And then and the co-main event was a trip. Did you go over that? Uh, have you discussed that yet? The Soto and the, the Majima fight? Yeah, like I never covered that. Um, I actually didn't I didn't really, like, you know, talk about that. Yeah, that shit's crazy, bro. That dude looked like he intentionally fucking grabbed him from behind the head. And bust his whole fucking melon on him just so that it would go to no contest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Smajimov was about to finish him in the second. And the third third round opened up, man. The first thing that dude did was grab him from behind the head and push his fucking melon right through his shit, crack his shit open, and it went to a technical draw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy, bro. Um, yeah. You still have that clip? <laughs> oh, I actually, I actually deleted it. Yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy, huh? When I told you that shit, I was like, bro, I just seen seen a guy fucking take himself out because he was losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Michael, um, um, I think Soro, he's a bum, and I think I think he needs to get out of boxing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> Sad man, you know, like people like that need to just take just, just out about the sport, you know. Like you're not good, so therefore you're going to be dirty to to a to a to a younger fighter that that was arguably beating you. So yeah, I missed the Rashidi Ellis uh, opening fight for the PBC, PBC card. You told me about that one. Yeah, he did a very good job. He whipped that guy. It was uh, opening round. How, how many seconds did it take him? Uh, I haven't even went back to look at it yet. Uh, there was only 43 seconds left when he stopped him. Nice, bro. He finished yeah. pretty quick, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. You, you work for Rashidi, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I mean, Ellis, he did like he did what he had to do. Hey, that Jackson Martinez actually put up a pretty good fight against Frank Martin, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Um, he's not. He's not. He wasn't a walkover, bro. That Jackson Martinez. I, he's already fought Tank. He's fought uh, Roly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, uh, well, ja Jackson Martinez fought Richard Comey and Roly. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He never, he never fought Tank. Oh, he never fought Tank. It was Comey and uh. Yeah, Comey, uh, Comey and Roly. And, and Roly, yeah, I seen the Roly fight, and he did pretty good with Roly. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think um, you know, Mourinho's, he presented a very difficult style matchup for Frank, and gave me, it gave me, it gave me like a like like a, some concerns about Frank's fighting style, but. Either way, um, I think I think Mourinho's he's a um, um, he's still a valuable opponent to 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 definitely beat beat some quality level names, but but I think at the high level he gets stopped. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Frank Martin, Frank Martin's fucking good, bro. Took him a while. Took him a while to break this guy down. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, Martin, he's a good fighter. He's just you know, I I um I just kind of question like his fighting style. Like you know, how is that gonna go far into you know at the world title level? Because right. I think like I think he could be I think he could beat guys like Isaac Pitbull, Cruz, Ryan Garcia, and maybe you know uh, Michelle Rivera. But after that, like I don't I don't. I'm not like I'm not too sure about Javante Davis and all yeah. those other guys. Yeah, too piercing. I agree, man. But hey, that Jackson Martinez, he put up a good fight, bro. That, that was good. Yeah, I, thought, I thought when Frank Martin was gonna fight him, it was gonna be like the Rashidi Ellis fight. You know, it's gonna be quick. Yeah, I wanna I wanna see Mourinho's back, but I don't know if it's probably safe to say that he should he should probably take a step down in competition or just take a break and then come yeah. right back and like, you know, into the mix. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Because I wasn't, I wasn't really too sure of too sure if uh, Mourinho's was at the same fighter, uh, look, um, which he came out very, very strong in the opening half, but right. the late game, Frank Martin was able to, you know, figure out his timing and then, he was able to, you know, to stop him. Right. Yeah, man. Because yeah, I actually thought Frank Myron was actually losing that fight. I actually thought Myron was getting outboxed a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, bro. That's why I said I noticed that, that he was putting up a really good fight, man. I, I, thought, I thought he was going to be a chump, bro. He actually, he was all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, man, my boy came through, man. The oh, mo man. Ray Vargas. Yeah, man, Ray Vargas, he's a beast. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I think I think Ray Vargas is actually I don't know. I think I think I think I think, I think he's a very, very good veteran level fighter, but I think I think um he can, he can, um, he can give like a run for anybody's money if he fights that way. 
Because I do think he's vulnerable to, you know, to some fighters, you know, that could punch very hard, that could knock him out. But I don't, I don't think Ray Vargas would be that stupid to like leave himself wide open. Yeah. I think, I think that the problem that I have with that fight was that he was trying to mix it up on the inside with Mark Maxayo, and then Maxayo was, you know, he was like tagging him, you know, with, you know, pretty much, pretty much, um, he was tagging him without the same shot consecutively, and. Ray Vargas didn't make those quick, you know, um, adjustments to actually get away from those, you know, repetitive shots. Yeah, it was it was a good fight. Um, Mark McSyle had his his opportunity to 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 beat him. Actually, he dropped him. He just didn't finish the job, bro. Even the commentators on TV were like, "Yo, he's not even. He's yeah, got he's his guy hurt, and he's not even finishing him off. What's the deal?" Yeah, it's just so weird. It's like. I don't I don't understand like why he would not do that. He had his moments. Mark Mark actually uh impressed me a little bit because I thought I just thought Vargas was gonna piece his ass up, bro. Like I was one of those people that that really didn't believe that Mark McSyle was that good. I just thought he fought fucked up Gary Russell Jr. that night. You know what I'm saying? He didn't yeah. fight a good good Gary Russell Jr. I yeah. know Gary Russell Jr., bro. Like I follow I follow his ass, follow his fights. That night he was off, bro. Yeah, so for yeah. him to for him to be a champion on an off night, that doesn't really prove that that you're champion level status because you fucked the guy up when he was not on his great night. You know what I'm saying? So like this in my head right away, I, that that shadow of a doubt's in my head. And uh, yeah. sure enough, bro. Sure enough, I was right, bro. I know Vargas is a really good. You know, hell, he's 122 champion. He's he's moving up in weight. Gonna take that strap. He did it, bro. He's a two. He's a two division world champion. Yeah. Kind of like my uncle, bro. My uncle's a two division, but just a little bit higher uh, from feather into super feather. You know what I'm saying? Who do you want to see Ray Vargas fight next? Oh, bro, at 126, there's a lot, bro. Um, give him Robizi. Yeah, I think I think uh, Ray will beat Robizi. Yeah, Robizi's kind of spooky the way he came out, bro, for me. Like, I really didn't have no idea who the fuck Robizi Ramirez was. And when he beat Supernova like that, bro, I was like, who the fuck is this? Because I really thought Abraham Nova was on his way up. He was doing good for the featherweight. You know, I really liked Nova, kind of a big big featherweight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think <laughs> Same thing with Vargas. He's a, he's a big featherweight, bro. It's crazy that he's moving up in weight. Yeah, I think I – think- <laughs> I think Nova. I think Nova's better at, at 130 and above, but but um, 126. You know, uh, that was just a really dumb, you know, route. You know, to go. Yeah, the Robesi, the Robesi really tripped me out, bro. Yeah, because like Robesi, he doesn't have that much power, but it's like he was only getting those shots off because you got you got 126 is heating up too, bro. There's so many. There's so much great competition at 126. You got that yeah. uh, Puerto Rican, what's his name, Rivera? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, Jan, Jan Paul, Jan Paul Rivera. Yeah, he's bad. Um, fuck, dude, there's a lot of good ones. You got, fuck, of course, bro, we're not even bringing him up. Is, uh, yes. Who? Christopher Pitufo Diaz. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you got uh, Navarrete. Yeah, Navarrete. I'm not. I'm not too sure. He said. He said he was considering, you know, moving up to 130. But yeah, is that yeah? If he stays at 126, then I'm not. I'm not too sure where his uh, 
you know, where his um, next fight will be. I really thought there was going to be a knockout in featherweight division last night. Like, I was, like, almost sold on that knockout happening, bro. Good thing I didn't bet on that shit because... Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're smaller guys, and, yeah, you know, like, you know, you get more knockouts in the middleweight division, the super middleweight division, but, um, yeah, with these guys, bro, like, and I really thought they were going to knock each other out, bro. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was thinking Ray Vargas had the power to hurt Merrick, which he did, but. The- <coughs> I was worried about Vargas getting knocked out, too, because how tall he is and how he has his chin in the air, bro. Yeah, it's like, dude, like, like if he did that against Gary Russell, Gary Russell would probably sleep him. Yeah. You've been live for a while, huh? You've been live since eight. Yeah. Oh, shit, bro. My bad. I seen your, your I check. Know, like, I've, been, I've been live since like 10 or 9. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, we're different time zone. I'm, it's 9 o'clock here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah. started. It was hella early for me. There's no way in hell I would have been up at 6. Uh-oh. I have a crazy update alert. Um, Emmanuel Navarrete is actually facing Eduardo Baez. Okay. Yeah, that's on August 20th. Yeah, so he's not moving up. It's one twenty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess I guess Navarrete, he's staying at uh, one twenty six, but he's facing um Eduardo Baez. You know, he's that um he's that Mexican dude that has his twin brother and shit. But um, but yeah, he's gonna be fighting him. Oh, yeah. Actually, if I'm not yeah, if I'm not mistaken, um, Eduardo. I think I think he's like top three in the WBO or something like that. So I don't I don't know how Navarrete, you know, was ended up fighting him. But yeah, that just makes no sense to me. Unless like uh, maybe like maybe it it, it could be like a voluntary defense because you know sometimes some fighters be doing that. But I'm actually looking at it right now. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, Joette Gonzalez is number one in the WBO, and Isaac Dogbay he's number two. So yeah, I think Dogbe. I think um well I um I actually do know that Joette and Isaac they're gonna fight each other. Yeah, because I actually talked about that earlier. Yeah, Joette Dogbo. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and actually, Abraham Nova he's still ranked in the WBO, but he's number four. Okay. Yeah, and Robesi, he's number um, 11 in the WBO. Really? Yeah. They do, they do shit weird, don't they? <laughs> yeah, but actually, surprisingly, at, at 130 through the IBF, Abraham Nova's ranked number seven. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, I think I think he should go through the IBF route um, to, to to get his um, opportunity a lot faster. Cause, hey, um, we, should, we, should try, we should try to get Nova on the show, bro. Yeah, um, I like I can, him. Man. I, can, I can, I can text him one of these days. You know, like I'm pretty sure he's busy. But yeah, but um, he uh, he told me he's he's back in the ring in November. I know that. Yeah, he's he's a good fucking dude, bro. I like I like Nova, bro. Oh, yeah, I, hope he, I hope he has redemption. Kind of how Chisola had redeemed himself yesterday. <laughs> huh. I think I think honestly, like like if he stayed at one thirty. And yeah. he just like you know, he just went through either 
I think know, he could, I think he could beat Robizi. He just can't he he just can't get set up for any of those traps, any of that bullshit. He needs to stay focused. On yeah, him. but I think but I think it was like a weight issue rather than like a like rather like rather than a fighting just fighting skill issue because because yeah. um Robizi he was getting hit with like like you know repetitive shots by by yep. jab, but mm. um I think I think if Nova had his uh, full power at at one thirty, he would. Yeah. Um, he would have definitely dog walked him because um, Rabesi, he's not like he's not that big of a puncher. He doesn't he doesn't possess this like almighty power that some of these weird people be saying about him. Hey, who won? Who won on the pro box card? Uh, yeah. Um, I was actually talking about that. Cesar Francis, he won against Raimundo Beltran. Uh, Curtis Harper, that that black dude that fought Fa Fa Ajagba, where he walked out of the ring. On Is that guy that walked out the ring fought. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, basically, <laughs> basically, basically, like, you know, the, the whole story with Curtis Harper was that he didn't get paid, you know, um, at all for the fight with F.A. Ajagba. Like, he basically mm-hmm. got blackballed into that fight, but he decided to walk out of the ring because he wasn't oh, getting, his, yeah, he wasn't getting his financial justice. So, therefore, he just said, "Nah, fuck it. Like, you know, I'm not gonna fight FA if I'm not getting paid. But yet, but but yet, his teammates and everybody that's like, you know, that's working in his team gets paid, but he's not getting paid. So, um, he actually like, you know, talked about that in several articles. But uh, yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, like like I don't blame him. It's like 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 why would you want to get beat up for free, and and um, you're not gonna get like your money. So." <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't blame him, but he actually beat a undefeated fighter in that German heavyweight named Christian Christian Thun. Christian yeah. Thun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he actually he actually dropped him. He actually dropped him in the fight too. Okay. Yeah. I went fishing last night, bro, and I I, I left kind of late. I left when what fight was I watching on the phone? I watched the whole Frank Martin fight on the phone. <laughs> Yeah, Frank Martin did a very good job. Yeah, and then um, I did the Frank Martin fight on the phone. I got home in time to see uh, Brandon. Well, I seen part of Brandon Figueroa on the phone as well. <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah. I was just saying earlier that. Hey, I, good job of Brandon Figueroa, bro. I, everybody wants to talk shit about Brandon, man. Man, he put up a good fight against Cool Boy Steph, man. Like, he's – I consider him – and the lead at 122. <clears throat> I think Cool Boy Steph's a, be- a better boxer, of course. Uh, you know, a big fan of Cool Boy Steph. But for him to put that much much fight, you know what I mean, with, with the Cool Boy Steph, bro, like at that level, he is a, a high-level 122, bro. You know what I mean, in my opinion. Yeah. He's not he's not trash. He's, he's, he's damn good, bro. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. almost he's almost a world champion, bro. Like, if he if he if he put that much competition against Cool Boy stuff, he's he's right up there, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, is that he's in the same boat with Virgil Virgil Ortiz. Like, he just uses his pressure to smother his shots a lot. And uh, yeah, I think I think the biggest takeaway with this Carlos Castro fight is that he's only successful when you stand right in front of him. So if you move and you actually box him, he can't yeah. do anything to you. You know? Hey, his brother's fighting Adrian Broner. Yeah. <laughs> Omar? 
Yeah, Omar, he's fighting. I think bro, the last time I seen Adrian Broder come back was it was it last year he came back and, uh, and had a fight? He looked like shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> he looked like the same AB, bro. Um, I used to like AB, bro, but his comeback, his last fight, he needs to stay out, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he he uh, he hasn't been he hasn't been super. I got Omar. I got Omar whooping that dude's ass, bro. I'm telling you, man. AB is not at the same level he used to be back in the day, bro. He lost that shit. Whatever, whatever gift or skill he has, I'll, I'll be I'll be impressed if he still has it. But I don't think he has it, bro. Yeah, they're actually fighting on August twentieth. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's down at the Seminole Hard Rock uh, Casino down in Hollywood, Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, I got I got Omar in that fight, bro. That's not not hating on it. Just AB's last performance, he looked like straight trash, bro. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Um, he didn't fight. Um, his last fight was back in April, uh, back in February of 2021. People think that it's a natural gift boxing. Like you, you always be a good boxer. But once you let go of the gym and let go of training, let go of all that shit, all that shit goes out the door, bro. You gotta re relearn everything, bro. It ain't just muscle memory skill. It's the whole routine of it. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Been out the ring, not doing shit. Fucking. Your ass gonna suck, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if he dominates Omar Figueroa, then then I'll be then I'll be impressed. But yeah, um, like say, wow, he's been training, you know. Then then yeah, but I, I don't think he's he's got that mindset anymore, bro. Maybe. Yeah, I just I just think that Omar Figueroa, he he's not he's not what the type of fighter where I would I would expect him to like give AB a lot of problems, but. I think Adrian Broner, he's like he's gonna come in there to give to give a very nip and tuck fight once again. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. But um I was um I was also gonna talk about uh the um whatchamacallit, um I guess uh shit like uh what was up the other fight? I, um I I was gonna finally cover like the main event for the Cesar Francis and Raimundo Beltran fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um I don't I don't know how I feel about Francis, but I don't I don't think Francis is that good of a fighter. <laughs> Did it go the distance? What was the outcome of that fight? Uh he was able to quote unquote I'm not I'm not too sure if he dropped uh Raimundo Beltran. I think he didn't. I think it was a slip, but he just cruised into a decision. I know that. Yeah. 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 He um, he never dropped him, but but basically he he beat him. He beat him. Uh, he beat him to a ten round unanimous decision, and he got the vacant WBO um, NABO super lightweight title. So I guess yeah. that puts him. Yeah, that puts him. That puts him in position for him to get a to get a. To, to to get to a world title quicker, so I don't I don't know. Yeah. But, so the pro box card was not too bad, huh? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't thinking like about you know going live for it because it really wasn't that interesting of a card. Yeah, huh? Yeah, it really wasn't, huh? Because <laughs> yeah. I would have because I would have like had like you know I would have put up Julio on the stream and all those guys, but um um uh, like uh, uh their fights were were um. We're basically overlaying other fights that I wanted to watch, so I just said, "Yeah, like I'm not, 
um, I'm not going to stream it this time, so. Yeah. Hey, but, I thought that matchroom, I like the matchroom card, bro. It was all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, let's talk about that for, uh, for, uh, for like a bit. Because, um, like, I actually thought Derek Chisora did his thing, but, like, I don't I don't want to see him fight anymore. He's Yeah, um, I jumped on this morning. I'm hearing all sorts of criticism. I'm like, come on, guys. He just fucking redeemed himself, man. Give him some credit, man. Fuck, he's old, man. Like, they're both old. Like, yeah, like he he did his best to fucking redeem himself, man. Let's give him his flowers. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think I think the card itself was not really that good. Uh, I mean, they had they had Fabio Wardley, which I'm not really too high off of him. I think I think he's a good pure boxer, heavyweight, but he's like yeah. I don't know, like I'm not I'm not really sold on like like on him yet, but. Uh, that was a decent fight. Um, same thing with their other fighter, uh, that that British Irish black guy named Kyleman Agarco. I think I think he really needs to like, <laughs> probably needs to start facing some tough level guys. I don't I don't really think him fighting all these like white Euro bum fighters really helps his right. career. And you know, uh, same 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 thing with. Ramla Ali, you know, um, I'd be, I'd be I like here. Her. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's a good fighter, but the, uh, but the problem that I have with a lot of these British hype, hyped up fighters is just that they're not fighting no notable names. They're just fighting whoever's being put in front of them and just going with the flow. They're really not. Right. Yeah. They can't, they really, can't really put their, their level on a scale. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't, I can't really take, <clears throat> take like, you know, take them seriously. Yeah. Cause it's like the same thing with that other British girl, Ellie Scottney. Like, like I like her too, but it's like I don't, I don't think she's really that good yet. Yeah, I think they do that with Rashidi. You know, like yeah, he had bad opposition at Golden Boy, but look, look at him at PBC. They gave, they put some, some Joe Smo in front of him. He just fucking killed him, bro. Yeah, it just blows <laughs> him right out. But yeah, but, but he why, needs, but he needs a higher level competitor, bro. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's why Rashidi's been. But asking nobody knows that. because they can't really put it on a scale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the thing about Rashidi is like, you know, Rashidi, he creates enough separation and a skill set where he's like, he, like, you can tell he's ready, for, like, he's ready for the high level. And, yeah. He definitely, yeah, bro. But a lot of people were doubting it, man, just because his promotion or whatnot. But yeah. yeah he's, he's ready for that high level of boxing. Yeah. Because if he was with like the PBC a lot earlier in his career, he would have probably been like a world champion by now or already fought for world titles and maybe lost but he's good like like i don't i don't want to see him in boots next but i would like i would say give him give him like an abel ramos or maybe like a keith thurman or your dennis ugas type of type of level fighter he could very well beat them yeah yeah but um yeah i mean as far as everything else goes um uh, there's really nothing I have left to really say. Like, I mean, Derek Chisora, he did his thing. I actually thought Pulev was going to knock him out. But surprisingly, oh, surprisingly oh. Chisora, um, he actually won by split decision. <laughs> yeah. By, by split, huh? Yeah, that's what I tripped out on. It's a split decision, huh? Yeah, he won by split decision. That was Yeah, that was so funny. I was laughing my ass off. Um... 
Yeah, I uh, I was also going to talk about the Israel Madrima Michael Soro fight. Um, I was thinking Michael Soro, he just quit. Honestly, he he just wanted to find like a way out and just. Yeah, he found his way out, bro. Opening a third third belt, second belt, he barely he survived it barely to the belt, barely like made it out that motherfucker on his on wobbly legs. Third round comes out. First thing he does is grab that motherfucker from behind the head and drives his fucking head right into his head. I'm surprised yeah. that Israel didn't, you know, call like he didn't get like a bad cut off of that. Exactly, bro. Like the other guy, like straight up found his way out, man. It, it was technical draw, and no contest because it didn't go past three rounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. That's just... fucking crazy. I wonder if his corner's like, yo, you need to take yourself out this round, bro. We can't we can't let it go past three rounds. You're getting fucked up, bro. You're not gonna win this fight. You're gonna yeah. have to you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to smash the shit out. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually I'm actually looking at the fight right now. We got, anybody, we got anybody in your chat room, bro? Or is this just us talking? Um I think it's just us talking. But... Yeah, no worries. Yeah. I like to show people that shit, bro. Yeah. But looking at the fight, um, like yeah, like uh, Sora, 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 like Sora was getting his ass beat. You know, Israel, Israel was just dog walking him and just beating him, beating him to the punch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I don't know where Israel goes from here. Do you? Do you think he needs? Do you think he's ready for you know for the high level of one fifty four? Yeah. I definitely, I think he's the goods, bro. Majumov, I think he's good, bro. Um, I, I didn't see no, I didn't see no flaw from him, bro. Yesterday, so, um, nah, man, I think he's ready, bro. Yeah, I don't think he's ready for Mel, but you know what I'm saying? He's ready for fifty-four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, Spencer, I think. After, I think. Um. I think it's best to see him in there with like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind like a guy I like. Put him in there with Zoo. I put him in there with Tim Zoo or something. Yeah, Tim Tim Zoo. I think he can. I think he can uh, wipe the floor with him. Um, I think I think um, he should face. Uh, uh, I want I want to mind um, that that Cuban dude, Luis Arias, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's a very good. A good fight. Um, I want to mind a fight with that that Mexican dude that that we saw the other fight on the Javante Tank Davis card, Jesus Ramos. Yeah, he's good, yeah. bro. It's yeah, he problem. he's he's insane. Um, Tony Harrison, that's a very difficult fight for him. Tony Harrison's really good. Yeah, shit, bro. Yeah, it's another. You know what I mean? World champ, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, uh salute salute to Judah. He said, Yo, I'm still in the building. I'm, I'm listening, I'm working out, just hit one hundred setups. Oh nice, nice. Oh guys, what's up, Judah? <laughs> yeah, appreciate you, man. Um yeah, man. Uh yeah, there's just so much opposition here. Like Bryant Perella, that's a difficult fight. Um, I won't wanna say he should fight Charles Conwell because I think Conwell would sleep him really bad. Yeah. Uh, I wanna I wanna mind a fight between him and J Rock. I think him and J Rock, that's a good ass fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't I don't 
like I don't know where Israel should go from there because he he's actually like a top like he's a top six super welterweight. He's, he's, still, he's still young at it, bro. He's only what eight and zero now. Yeah, he's only eight and zero at twenty seven. He's, he's just a good looking prospect, man. Right now, he's from a lot of them fighters coming from that region, man. Uzbekistan and all that shit. They're fucking tough, bro. They put that gym just kind of like. Even like the Russians, like Better Beef and all that, the same, the same mindset, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put put gym over everything, bro. Like they, they're they're hundred thousand percent inside that gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of these cats, you see them in the UFC coming out, fucking dominating, like Khabib and all them motherfuckers, bro. Are tough, bro. You go, you have to watch out for them guys, man. They're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're no, they're no slouch. You know what I'm saying when it comes to, yeah. when it comes to the boxing game. Yeah, because uh, that's why that's why that I even say for for guys like MJ, he's like he's just so committed to boxing. He's like like you know he's not he's not a bum. He's like he's a very good ass fighter, and I think guys like that that just you know live and sleep boxing like that's you know <clears> that's <throat> a very good mindset to have because that's gonna make yeah. you legendary in the sport. So. I think I think Madrima, if he's there, he just needs to just like you know he needs to get his tough fights and you know yeah. I think it's just time you know I don't I don't want to see him fight all these unknown dudes you know he's not he's not doing anything being being on being being with Matrim or Dazone yeah it's just that region of the world that he's in bro you can't you can't really blame it on them people you know what I'm saying like they're gonna do business with with the people from the UK and all that shit instead of you know before they make their their rise to the west like we got Ben out there bro and Connor Ben's pretty good welterweight you think but uh but if you compare him to like you know welterweights of our caliber like here in the states dog like you know what I mean like boots or <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying it's because they're competition you can't really grade them because you're not seeing them fight the best but here in the states you get more of them fighting the best, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But you don't know yet until they come to the States and then fuck up one of our fighters. Then we know that, hey, that motherfucker's good, you know? So it's just, yeah, it's just yeah, hard yeah. to, to, hard <laughs> to judge them, bro. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. I just think, like, the best route for a lot of these uh, foreign fighters is to, like, just keep winning. And then when they get the opportunity to fight on the PBC... Yeah, it'd be like Spence, go across the pond, fuck up Kill Brook, you know what I'm saying? They got to do it like that, but... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, because it's like, just have them fight domestic-level opposition and just getting yeah. all these quick and easy victories, like, I'm like, I'm not... I'm not really too sold on that. I don't I don't really like that, so... Yeah. Yeah, like, I need to see more, for, like, you know, more from them, so... Yeah. But yeah. I gotta get off of here, K-Rod, I just woke up, bro. Pretty much, I'm still in bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bowling bed, bro, and fucking. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Yeah, I gotta jump my ass in the shower and do a bunch of things today, bro. Okay. But yeah, I'll, I'll jump on my shit later, bro. Maybe I might do something on my channel later too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, look, I don't mind coming over. Yeah, I might even go fishing again today, bro. If I get all my shit taken care of, I'll go out fishing and enjoy, okay. enjoy my day off. Maybe go live again. It's still in the city, so it's kind of tight, bro. I can get food delivered out there. <laughs> yeah. Five G, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I'll uh, let you go. Yeah, let me know uh, what you're gonna do today, bro. Um, you have any plans for any lives later or not? Uh, nothing really. I mean, I can go live again later. 
Maybe we could set up something like we did the other day. We were getting a lot, a lot of people popping in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. yeah. I'm down. Cool. Yep. Yeah, man. All right, K Rod. You have a blessed day, man. Um, shit, I'll hit you up in a little while, man. I'm just yeah. take care of a few things and I'll hit you up. Yep, got it. All right, later, brother. Peace out. All right. All right. I will see you guys later. Uh, thank you guys and uh, salute to the chat and salute to the mighty, mighty LDVC. All right. Thank you. Bye.